You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. We're going to go over your picks in the NFL for this week. We're also going to talk about Sean McDermott. Doesn't know how to tell a story. Doesn't know how to compare things. Just an awful analogy he made back in 2019 during a team meeting. Or was it 2017? No, I believe it was 2019. Um, story made the rounds yesterday as someone did a feature on the Buffalo Bills and uh, got some people saying things that were in the meeting off record. Confirmed it happened. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the NBA in-season tournament. Your finals are set for Saturday night in Las Vegas. We'll talk about that momentarily. All right, let's get going. Um, pro football picks for the week. 41-35-4 after a 6-1 and one week last week. This week I've got uh, seven plays. Yeah, I had seven plays last week, didn't I? Yeah. So we got seven plays again. We hit our best bet last week. We're now 4-7-1 and one on the best bets. And I think if you've been listening to me all season, you pretty much know where I stand. I'm a situational better sometimes. Some of the games just like if I see this. If I see Mike Tomlin as an underdog at home, I bet it. And the other one of the other ones that is a go-to is Patrick Mahomes at home under a field goal. You have to lay it. You have to take it. They are minus one and a half at home against the Bills, a team that, yes, they're coming off a bye, but Kansas City's coming off a loss. I don't see Kansas City losing two in a row, and if, if this game falls on one and we're laying one and a half, so be it. But Chiefs at home, this is a field goal game. I think they win by a field goal. I'll take the Chiefs. Best bet of the week. I'm not really like going out on a limb here. I think a lot of people will be taking the Chiefs because they're seeing Patrick Mahomes as a home favorite of less than a field goal. You got to do it. You just have to because more often than not, you're going to win. Over the long run, you're going to win. That record for him as a favorite at home under a field goal is really, really good. Over a field goal, he hasn't been good. And you got to remember they're coming off a loss. I understand Buffalo's coming off a bye week, but I'm not too thrilled about Buffalo's defense. Buffalo, there's a reason they're 6-6 six and six this year. They can't stop anybody. This is a team that also lost to the Patriots. This is a team that also lost to the Jets. So they seem to play to the level of their competition. I'm not saying they're going to lose Kansas City because they can't beat the Patriots or the Jets. I'm just saying they're not that good this year, period. Defense is not what it should be. They're 6-6 six and six for a reason. Kansas City knows if they want to have any shot at the number one seed in the AFC, they've got to win out. And this is their toughest game remaining. This is a very important game for them. I think they win it only laying one and a half off a loss. I'll take it. Chiefs minus one and a half at home is your best bet in pro football this week. Also, um, other picks. I've got four of these. And all of them are teams either at 500 or under. Remember that I told you the last two weeks, the favorites in the NFL are really doing well, 20 and 9. And I said, usually that stuff starts to even itself out. That's 60, you know, that's better than 67% over the last two weeks. Favorites just winning and, and just haven't been many upsets. And I said, you got to look out for underdogs this week. Well, three of these four plays are underdogs, and your underdog play obviously is an underdog. So the next four of the next five plays are underdogs from me because I think the underdogs are going to have a good week. I've seen this long enough to know two weeks in a row with so many favorites covering, we're going to get a, you know, 
kind of slanting towards the norm again, which is it's going to all even itself out. It already started on Thursday Night Football. Remember, I told you last night, I don't know who to pick. I wouldn't touch this game, and I'm an idiot because I went against my own theory, which was you can't lay six points with any Pittsburgh team this year, especially with Mitch Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. But I wasn't going to implore anybody to take a Patriots team that can't score. (laughs) And then, of course, they're up 21-3 halfway through the second quarter. Now, granted, New England did nothing after the middle of the second quarter. When they were up 21-3, they never even came close to having a drive after that. It was just Pittsburgh who fell behind by too much. I didn't bet the game, but two of my survivor pool picks, I don't know why. I had one on them before the game for Pittsburgh, and I'm just like, gosh, are they really going to lose back-to-back home games to a 3-10 and Cardinals team and a 2-10 and Patriots team? Well, we have the answer now. The answer is yes. So now there's 31 people left because seven people had Pittsburgh last night, but two of those were mine. 31 people left in my in my survivor pool, and I've got two entries, and I'm just kicking myself. I should have just – I mean, I liked Pittsburgh, and I was like, look, I know some people are going to take them. Because of the reasoning I just gave, are they really going to lose back-to-back home games to the Cardinals and the Patriots? Yes, the answer is yes. Now I need them to go two and two the rest of the way, and now my over eight and a half wins is in jeopardy. They were seven and three at one point. Now they're seven and six. <laughs> that doesn't bode well, and they need to go two and two the rest of the way for me to hit that over. But uh, I put two of my plays on them in the survivor pool last night. So frustrated with myself. I should have only done one <sighs> right before kickoff, like literally at 714 because it closes right at kickoff 715. The website basically locks you out of it. And at 714, I added Pittsburgh, a second Pittsburgh play kicking myself. Anyway, other picks to make in the NFL. I'm 24, 14 and three on these. These are doing really well. We're going to take the Bears at home plus three and a half against Detroit One of the reasons for this, the Bears are playing a lot better, and I know the Bears beat, well, I know Detroit is coming off, you know, uh, a decent win in New Orleans last week, but this is outdoors, supposed to be not good weather in Chicago, and I think that's going to affect the Detroit Lions more than it will the Bears. It could be just an ugly, muddy game that's right around a field goal. Somebody wins this game by a field goal, so we'll take the three and a half points with the Bears. This one, I I don't like the line moving on it. I don't like the fact that a nationally televised Monday night upset win for the Bengals, and now they're coming home. A lot of people are going to be on them. I just have a hard time believing in the Colts. Like This has got to run out for the Colts. And I think maybe Cincinnati makes a run for the end of the year because everybody basically counted them out. The second Joe Burrow got hurt, everyone counted them out, including myself. Then we saw what Jake Browning did on Monday night. He threw, what, 31 of 36 for 340-something yards, and you're like, holy shit, maybe he's halfway decent. They're at home laying two against Indianapolis, who's won five in a row or five of six. Give me the Bengals. I know it's a short week, and I know they're off a win. Usually an underdog winning outright on Monday night football and then coming home on Sunday is never a good betting proposition because – Everybody that watched them, it was a solo game on Monday night. Everybody that watched them is going to be like, oh, now they're coming home and they're only laying two points. Yeah, 
Um, so this is going to be a public play, but I'm going to stick with the Bengals on this. I think it's a close game just because Indianapolis has shown they're good. They're a good team. They're 7-5. and five. But Cincinnati also, if they're going to make any noise and make a playoff run down the stretch, they have to win this game. I think they might be not mathematically eliminated, but they're going to have a very, very hard time getting into the playoffs if they lose this game. Um, the next one is a situational play. Um, and this is just, I mean, it's situational on both sides. You bet the Denver Broncos when they're an underdog, bet Russell Wilson when he's an underdog, and you bet against the San Diego and the Los Angeles Chargers when they're favorites. You just do it. You don't think twice. Denver plus the three points. Take the Broncos at the Chargers on Sunday. And it's going to be, you know, the Chargers have no home field advantage. Everybody they play at home, there's way more fans of the, of the opposing team there than the Charger fans. They don't care about football for the Chargers in Los Angeles. They they like the Rams, even though most of the time the Rams opponents have more fans there than the Rams. But Denver plus the three, you got to take it. And then I'll take, this is another one, Tampa Bay plus the two at Atlanta. Uh, this is going to be an ugly game. Um, I Atlanta's an ugly team. They're a team that's impossible to figure out, but I believe they've now won two in a row. I don't know if they're good enough to win three games in a row. And Tampa Bay still has a chance in the NFC South. And if they don't win this game, that chance is basically over. They have to win this game if they want any chance to stay in the playoff race. So the more desperate team, I'll take Tampa Bay plus the two. Underdog play of the week, I told you this, kind of hinted at it yesterday. What um, what Green Bay did on um, Sunday Night Football isolated game biggest win of the season for them back-to-back weeks they beat the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day they beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football and now they have to go on the road on Monday night football to play a bad team everyone's going to be all over the Packers give me the Giants that's the underdog play of the week buy the half point get the Giants up to seven so take the Giants on the underdog play of the week plus seven three team 10 point teaser not going to overthink this one either the Miami Dolphins are laying 13 at home against the Tennessee Titans. We all know what Miami does to everybody they play at home. They blow them out. Tease that down to minus three. We're going to take Kansas City plus they're minus the one and a half. We're going to get them plus eight and a half at home. Because even if they do lose to the Bills, I don't think the Bills are going in there and winning by double digits in Kansas City. So Kansas City plus the eight and a half, and we'll tease Denver up to 13. Because I think that game with the Chargers is close. Probably a field goal game either way. But the Chargers aren't beating the Denver Broncos by two touchdowns. The Chargers don't beat anybody by two touchdowns. They couldn't even beat the New England Patriots by one touchdown. <laughs> so give me Denver plus 13, Kansas City plus 8.5, Miami minus 3 is your three-team 10-point teaser in the NFL this week. Okay, did you see the story that a, a reporter uh, for the website Go Long, it's a substack, got to pay to read it, um, he did a report on the Buffalo Bills, and he talked about a story uh, from 2019 training camp for the Buffalo Bills where head coach Greg McDermott was trying to discuss the importance of communication and everybody on the team being on the same page or whatever. And the analogy he used was basically, hey, remember 9-11? Yeah, we do, coach. Kind of hard to forget something like that. Well, remember... All those hijackers all came together for one common cause. We need to be like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's he. 
using terrorists as an example for, I don't know, anything is wrong. You know, um, he asked the players in the room questions about how the attacks were executed and referenced the hijackers all getting on the same page. Multiple players who were with the team at that time confirmed the report that he did say that. Uh, McDermott apologized yesterday. Um, he said it was mentioning 9-11 in the context of the team meeting. The goal of the team meeting was importance of communication and being on the same page as a team. Totally get that. Well, of course, a lot of coaches would want to get that message across. We all got to be firing together. We can't have guys doing their own thing. Play as a team, we win as a team, we lose as a team, but we do it as a team. Totally understand that message. I just don't think you need to make an analogy to hijackers in one of the worst moments in U.S. history. Like, how did he not think that was going to go over well? And while he did apologize, he also gave the, well, I apologize if anyone whatsoever felt a certain type of way coming out of that meeting. If anyone misinterpreted or didn't understand my message, I apologize. I didn't do a good enough job of communicating clearly the intent of my message. That was about the importance of communication that everyone needs to be on the same page, ironically enough. So that was important to me then and still is now. Does that sound like an apology? It really didn't to me. But I guess he's going to address the team yesterday again about it and talked about what he said in 2019. And I, I don't know if it's going to have much of an effect on the game this Sunday. It probably won't. But he's definitely taking some heat for it. And considering the way they've played, and ever since that playoff game in Kansas City two years ago where they put themselves on the map and everybody thought they were going to beat the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes was finally going to lose a home playoff game and they had 13 seconds left and they just let Kansas City complete two long passes, goes to kick a field goal as time expires, goes to overtime, and they lose in overtime to the Chiefs. Buffalo has gotten worse since then. They haven't really improved on that. Last year, good team, had a home game, and got bounced by the Cincinnati Bengals in Buffalo weather. And then this year, they're 6-6, six and six, and they're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs right now, possibly falling to 6-7 and seven this weekend. And if they do, they're pretty much screwed and probably not going to make a playoff spot. And if they, don't, if they miss the playoffs this year, not that this is a reason that they're going to fire Greg McDermott, but I'm telling you, they are absolute. This is basically just another notch as a reason to get rid of him because team isn't improving and this story is just a negative. It's a, it's a black mark on his resume uh, to have this out there. It just the PR about it isn't very good. The fact that he even has to address it, not ideal for them right now in a team that's struggling. So um, I think Greg McDermott is going to be fired if they don't win and if they don't, if they don't get into the playoffs this year. Mark that down. And finally, with this, NBA in-season tournament in Las Vegas. Semifinals were yesterday. Indiana Pacers beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, I hinted at it a couple days ago. Tyrese Halliburton is literally the most underrated player in the NBA. Most NBA fans, I'd say the casual NBA fan, does not even know who this guy is. He's out of Ohio State, uh, Iowa State, plays point guard. He's leading the NBA in assists this year. He's averaging 12 assists a game and 27 points a game. And kind of running away with the assist title, if you ask me. Really smart player. And not only that, the guy doesn't turn the ball over. Like, he's been unreal in his assist-to-turnover ratio. He led them to that victory last night, beat the Milwaukee Bucks, who have, obviously, Giannis, Dame Lillard, 
So Indiana Pacers, 6-0 and in the in-season tournament. They went 4-0 in their group. They're 2-0 in the knockout stage. They're going to play the Los Angeles Lakers, who were also 6-0. They went 4-0 in their group, 2-0 in the knockout stage, a 40-point win over the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know if the Pelicans – I don't know what that kind of effort was, but they just got routed uh, by the Lakers. So it'll be a really interesting finals match because you have one of the top five offenses – in the NBA this year. I think Indiana has the top offense in the NBA this year against a top three defense. The Lakers are top of defensive statistics all across the NBA board, maybe top five, but they are a good defensive team and they're going up against an offensive, you know, a a team in Indiana that just first off, they haven't played them yet this year. So I don't think they're, I don't think they've played them. And then, you know, you have one day to prepare for this offense that just, it's just kind of up and down the court, a lot of passing, a lot of movement on offense. They're averaging 120-something points a game. They've got an underrated superstar in Tyrese Halliburton. And the Lakers are the Lakers. You know, If they hit shots, if they hit their outside shots, they're pretty much going to beat anybody because they're so dominant on the inside, and their height negates a lot of what goes on on the perimeter with them. Not great defending the perimeter, so it'll be a battle of irresistible force meeting the immovable object, kind of is what they say. I'm looking forward to it. Great, great Saturday night game, first in-season tournament championship we've ever seen. It'll be interesting to see how the guys react after the game. The winning team. I don't think they're going to jump up and down, and you know, confetti's going to be falling from the arena. But I think they're going to be happy if they win this and can call themselves the first in-season champion. Interesting matchup, that's for sure, because you got an offensive juggernaut against a team known for their defense. Yes, they have LeBron. Yes, they have AD, but they're known for their defense, and they are one of the worst. They're one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA, but their but their defense is so good it keeps them in a lot of games. You know, the Lakers right now, where do they stand in the West? They're fourth in the West right now. They're fourteen and nine on the season. You know, they only they're giving up one hundred and twelve points a game. Um, which is still a lot, but defensive metrics, not just points allowed, defensive metrics, they're doing really, really well. And they're playing well. They're seven and three in their last ten. The Pacers, six and four in their last ten. They've won three in a row. They're twelve and eight on the season. So these teams are pretty evenly matched. Lakers have played twelve home games. They're ten and two at home, and the Pacers are seven and five at home. Away, Lakers are four and seven. They haven't been a great away team. Pacers are five and three on the road. So uh, but Pacers are averaging 128 points a game. I mean, that is by far the best in the NBA. Nobody in the Western Conference is even averaging 120. So they're eight points ahead of anybody else. The Atlanta Hawks and the Bucks are at 122. But those are the second highest and second and third highest scoring teams in the NBA. But the Pacers running away with the points per game lead, 128 points a game. But they also don't play a lick of defense. They're just trying to win games 140 to 135, basically. So should be a good matchup Saturday night. Check it out. Um, and, yeah, I'll be interested to see how the teams react, the winning team reacts uh, when they win this thing. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. Tell your friends about it. Maybe pass along those picks. I really do believe we're going to have some underdogs not only cover but win outright this week. I just think I know how this goes. When you have back-to-back weeks of favorites dominating – Usually that means we're going to regress to the mean here. So uh, tell them about it. Maybe they want to play me, uh, you know, tail me. Maybe they want to fade me. Do whatever you want. 
Clicks are for free anyway. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.